0: রেও
3: What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very next order. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at jt Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo Apollo H-O-U. Now, for today's episode of Locked on Rockets, we have yet another Fan Talk Friday episode with three very special guests. So let's just go down the line here. First guest up is Nima. How's it going, Nima? Doing good, Jackson. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, my man. Next up, we have Dell. How's it going, Dell? All right. Thanks for letting me be here. Absolutely, my man. Excited to have you. And last but not least, we have Chris. How's it going, Chris? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we've got you know, so we've we've been doing these fan talk Fridays for a minute now, and I, I love them because it gives us a chance to really, you know tackle some you know some rockets related topics, but to get you know kind of this this mix of of opinions and feelings about the team. And uh, the first area that I want to dive into, um, as suggested by Dell because we got to give Dell his props for wanting to bring up this topic. Let's just go ahead and start off, and this is something that we've actually spent a little bit of time talking about here on the show as of late. these Kelly Olenek... Christian Wood, two big man lineups. There's been, let's face it, there's been some ups and downs with the lineups. Offensively, things are looking pretty sweet with those guys out there. Defensively, the lineups leave a little bit wanting uh, as far as what this team is able to do with those two guys on the court defensively. Ali Kambizhani and I spent a little bit of time kind of dissecting what's been going on with that lineup. Dell, why don't you lead us off? What are some of your just on-the-surface thoughts about this pairing and how it's looked so far uh, in the nine games that these guys have played together?
0: Yeah, I mean, my thing with the two big lineup uh, has always been the defensive issues. Um, offensively, obviously Kelly Olinick has really, I think, um, in like DGC on Twitter said this, but Kelly O'Linick has been what we wanted DeMarcus Cousins to be at the beginning of the season. He's been an efficient passer and shooter, and he's really done a lot of the things that you would expect the second big on this team to do, but defensively, they're both very slow. And that's one of the things that I think has stuck out to me, not just with Christian Wood and Kelly Olenek, but given the fact that like Kevin Porter Jr. as a guard is not as defensively savvy as like the Victor Oladipos and the Eric Gordons. Him and Christian Wood often get caught in the middle of these pick and roll switches and Kelly Olenek as a slow big that's also on the floor, tries to recover in some of those actions and it just leads the whole defense to get like them.
3: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think that there's absolutely something to be said for the fact that the Rockets did have a core of guys who were all kind of defense first type mentality um, earlier this season. And they've since moved away from that. And I think it's a really good point to highlight Kevin Porter jr. And the fact that he's still kind of struggling finding his own defensively, that's going to be something that comes with time. Obviously, Chris, how do you feel about the the double big setup for the Rockets right now?
2: I mean I like that it spaces the floor but uh and I mean olinic has helped with rebounding but other than that I don't I don't think it's the best way forward. I mean they've at least not with these two
4: guys in particular. If if Christian was going to play the 4, I mean you're going to have uh switchability issues there. He's not going to be able to keep up with everyone defensively at that spot. I mean he already struggles a bit at the 5. So if you're putting another lackluster defender next to him at the five, I mean that's it's not going to be good. But um, I mean, it,
3: it it can work. Can, can off. I, Chris? Can I interject here for a quick second? Yeah. Is it is it really that that Kelly Olenek is necessarily a lackluster defender, or is it simply the fact that he and Christian Wood are learning how to play on the court together? Because I don't think necessarily that. Kelly Olenek is a bad defender. And I also don't think Christian Wood is necessarily a bad defender.
2: Yeah. I would say, I mean, Christian wood he has the athleticism to be a good defender, but, uh, sometimes I feel like the IQ isn't, isn't quite there yet, even though he's, he's able to call out the defense to everyone else, you know, he needs to make his own rotations too. And then as far as Olenek, I feel like he's a, a fundamentally good defender, but athletically there's just some guys he's just not going to be able to keep up with, especially in a switching defense. Um, but like I said, I, I mean, the shooting is obviously a benefit. I mean, having, having being able to play five out, you know, is uh, something that they couldn't really do for a long time. Uh, but even so is it that much of a benefit when you're still last in the league in three point shooting, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you take what you can get, uh,
3: so in, in, in my eyes, are you – do you not view this uh, – now whether it's Kelly Olenek or not, right, you know, potentially another big down the line, do you, would you rather see the Rockets run a system where there's only one true quote-unquote big on the floor? And, I, you know, conceivably that's going to be Christian Wood, right?
2: Yeah, that, that would be nice, but it, it depends on the personnel. It really, I mean, if, if you want to play him with another big, I feel like you can get a big that fits with Christian Wood um, I feel like you could get someone like a Rashawn Holmes, um, you know, who can uh, be at least competent defensively um, or, or, I mean, he's not much of a shooter, but you could, you could uh, find someone like that who who fits next to wood uh, and really play either way. So I, I, I think, if Wood can be able to play both the four and the five, that would be a huge benefit, no matter who the personnel coming in is.
3: I like that. Okay. I, I can I can get behind that that idea. Um we'll we'll kind of probably uh break that down a little bit further here in a second. Nemo, what you got for me?
1: Yeah, I mean, um uh, my I, lo- I love Kelly Olenek on this team, and I, I I've said it on my podcast, and I've said it um, you know, on Twitter a lot of, of I really think that the Rockets should bring him back. Um, in terms of like a two man uh, or two big man lineup. I think that I I kind of agree with Chris. I think it works better with another big man. I mean, Olenek and Wood defensively have a lot of the same issues and Wood, I mean, I I think it was last game. There was a lot of times where it just, it just feels like he checks out a lot defensively and uh, you know, maybe that's a, that's a locker room thing of there's just not that like communicator on the defensive end. Like there used to be with PJ Tucker uh, just kind of keeping all five guys in at once because um, you're seeing it a lot with like KJ and uh, and KPJ as well. And maybe it's just the youth in the locker room just kind of showing on the court, but he just kind of, he he seems to zone out a lot defensively. And Kelly are, is similar, just not that great of a defender. He's a good, he's, he's serviceable, you know, he's not really a negative, but um, him and Christian Wood together, I think like that two man lineup is 214th out of 232 different two-man lineups for the Rockets in terms of net rating uh which is pretty bad um yeah you're you're hey you're putting it you're, you're being pretty nice about it that's yeah and, and and considering that with two other starters uh Kelly Olynyk and John Wall and then Kelly Olynyk and Jay Sean Tate are both like top, I think number yeah, number five and number six uh lineups, two man lineups for the Rockets. I think that they need to start using Kelly Olenek more as a like a, a substitute for Christian Wood and less of a comp compliment. I don't think he's really a compliment. I like the idea of getting maybe a third big man in that mix yeah. of uh sort of like a rim runner, kind of like that Rishon Holmes. I know over the offseason a lot of people wanted Nerlens Noel. Um but like kind of that like defensive rim runner who you can Either play next to Wood or Olenek, or play by himself at sometimes, or you know you can go one big um, in different type of schemes. It gives you that versatility in the front court. Um, and but for for the two man lineup, you know I think testing out Olenek and Wood is fine. Olenek's a great passer, uh, especially up in that high post. He gives a little bit more than Wood does offensively, I would say. But Wood is just so much. There's just so much more to him than uh, than Olenek. I think Olenek just the more all-around player uh but i would like to i would like to see uh kelly come off the bench moving forward maybe even later even this year uh maybe give kj the starting spot and slide jay Sean tate back to the forest uh like you guys were saying i think it was on locker room last night of having kj uh play the four maybe it was a couple of nights ago um having kj play the four um because he seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable in that position. I would like to see him get a little bit more minutes. And I think putting him in the starting lineup is a good way to do it.
3: So I think, and I, so I think that Nima you and Chris are kind of on the same page here about that idea of having, you know, a more traditional rim running big, somebody who, you know, is potentially a little bit, you know, better defensively. Um, Rashawn Holmes is the name that's popped up for both y'all now. And um, I guess in that in that case, that would mean you guys are okay with Christian Wood, you know, taking more of a, I don't want to say a backseat offensively, but it would almost relegate him if you put a, a five on the floor, who doesn't have the the five out space and who doesn't have the outside shot, it would relegate Christian Wood to almost that spot up three point shooter role. So is that something you're okay with doing?
1: Well, so that's the thing. I don't think that this, like, third big man necessarily needs to start next to it. Like I said, like, you can put KJ at that four spot and slide Jayshon Tate to the three, and that's a perfectly fine starting five, in my opinion. Uh, But having that third big man to just kind of rotate through the lineup and potentially play next to Wood or next to Linux at times for short spurts in case you need size, like – we saw with a lot of the better teams last year that um, while we went small, every other team that had like one or two traditional big men uh, were able to put them in for certain time for, even if it's for short spurts and uh, get them to be serviceable, no matter how the NBA is going, there's still get, you're still going to need a need for that rim running center um, just because there's very few players in the league that can stop a seven foot guy at the rim. And so it, I, I think having one of those on the roster would be nice. You know, there's Evan Mobley in the draft and people want him, but in, in the, there's in the 20s, there's, um, I, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Nemius Keita, he's a, the Portuguese guy from Utah State. He's a really big guy who can play down low and uh, he reminds me a lot of Clint Capella. I think, you know, having a Clint Capella kind of guy on this roster would be really cool, even if, even if it's not the skill of Capella, but having that person in the rotation um, would definitely ease a lot of the defensive pressures off of Christian Wood at times, and especially Kelly Olenek as well.
3: To be fair, Clint Capella didn't develop his skills overnight either. It took him right. a, a fair bit of time to get to the point that he was at that we all you know, fondly remember him by. And I also have a caveat to that. Um, you know, I would, I would go so far as to say that you know maybe there is a luxury to having a seven-foot rim running big, but I think it's more so a luxury to have a seven-foot rim running big when you also have James Harden on your team. Um, Because he's going to make a seven foot rim running big look like a a year in year out all star. Um, But I I do want to continue this conversation. We want to talk about the lineups a little bit. And I have a bit of a hypothetical that I want to throw y'all's way after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar out there. Look, there's a reason I hype it up so much. They've got so many amazing flavors, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, salted caramel. You really just can't go wrong with any of these options. The bars are covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 Locked15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our brand new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing our Fan Talk Friday episode with Nima, Dell, and Chris. Now, guys, let's talk for a a brief moment before we get to this hypothetical that I have teed up for you about these lineups. Right. And I feel like there's, there's been, I'm not going to call it inconsistency, but Silas has been toying with lineups. And so I feel like in a way, I feel like people are ready to kind of jump the gun on Steven Silas. And I've been a, a, a firm detractor of that argument. I'm saying, no, like we can't, we can't, You know, judge the guy yet? There's too much that's been going on this season. It's unfair to him. Um, Maybe you can question some of the lineup decision making here and there. But are there any moments that have kind of stood out to you where, like, where you where you're looking at what's been going on and you're like, why did he do that or why did he sub this guy back in or what's he why is he running this lineup for too long or anything like that that immediately jumps out to mind? Chris, do you have anything?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, we actually talked about this on Twitter the other day. Armani Brooks got left in the game late uh, instead of Jay Sean Tate. Um, and obviously they did that because they needed the shooting. They were trying to catch up. But, um, I mean, that, that was just kind of a really strange decision because pretty consistently Tate has been on the floor when it, when it gets to winning time. And, um, I mean, and you had said, you know, the bold decision would have been to,
4: you know, put Tate in over John Wall. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I think if John Wall's playing, you got to let him play, but, uh, I mean, yeah, the lineups, uh, he, I feel like he wants to get, you know, enough minutes for the guys who feel like they deserve those minutes. Um, and, you know, he plays around with them to his best, uh, when those guys are sitting, but at, at the end of the day, like there's just not. Uh, enough talent in that second unit to to really make anything consistently effective um, when when those guys are sitting, in my opinion. So I feel like, yeah, you need to give them a chance. You can't be judging uh, off of stuff like that. But, but yes, to answer your question, yes, there have been moments like that that have stood out where it's like, really, did you, you know, you could have put the better player back in the game to me.
3: Okay. What about you, Dale?
0: I feel like this is going to have to be the Avery Bradley discussion of (laughs) Um, And listen, no disrespect to Avery Bradley, um, but his lack of shooting and lack of defensive presence doesn't really make sense with the amount of minutes that he plays for this team. Um, We take Jayshon Paid out or take KJ out and put Avery Bradley in. And it seems like the momentum of the team slows down. Like he just doesn't have what he thinks he has or what he like has said in interviews that he brings to the team. Um, I think that's what Steven Silas was counting on and is counting on when Avery Bradley is in these games, but that's one of those decisions whenever he's in these prime lineups, whether it's like at the end of quarters or in the middle of like the fourth quarter, I just, I just start scratching my head.
3: And it's, it's tough because it's one of those where maybe there's a directive from, you know, Rafael Stone or somebody to give him some minutes, or maybe it's just Steven Silas trying not to lose the locker room, right? Like he's got a veteran in Avery Bradley over there who, who believes he deserves minutes, who thinks he should be, you know, playing, you know, playing, playing, a, you know, who, who believes he should be a starter, you know, uh, for, for other teams across the league. And, you know, you're not going to change that mentality for Avery Bradley. So how do you get the most out of it? You give him some minutes here and there. Um, I've definitely had some head scratching moments where I really wonder why, uh, Avery Bradley is taking shots away from the young guys or taking minutes away from the young guys. I mean, there was that sequence, uh, just the other night where he bricked a three and then immediately was running back in transition and fouled the breakaway uh guy in transition for two and one and i was just like why like like what what, and i think i think i think our boy dgc posted that clip on twitter and was like why is avery bradley on my team and you know it's it's tough i don't have an answer for that one um and if I think that it is still important to remember with Silas and just coaching and everything, right? There's a chemistry element and like maintaining the locker room. And if he were to just bench Avery Bradley, just like if he were to have benched John Wall at the end of that other night, uh, game the other night in favor of bringing Jay Sean Tate back, right? There's certain things that you just can't do from like the politics perspective of being the head coach. And I think not playing Avery Bradley is almost one of those where it's like he kind of has to. Um, I wish that he would do it less and and prioritize the youth, but I kind of get why he's being forced in that position. Nemo, what do you think, Ben?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I think Avery Bradley kind of is a similar player to Victor Oladipo, which kind of, I think it's a, a little funny to me how uh, how Silas is kind of getting these these older guys. Uh, who I can't I, hang on.
3: I can't decide if that's more disrespectful to Avery Bradley or more disrespectful to Victor Oladipo. Yeah, that's Victor I, Oladipo. <laughs> <laughs> The side who gets disrespected there, but I mean,
1: like, it, 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 I mean, they, they play similarly. They're, they're, two, they're two way guards, they're two way combo guards. And, uh, Depot obviously is a lot more higher volume than Avery Bradley, but both of them sort of, you know, 30 year old, 20, 29 year old, 28 year old, rec, uh, like, reclamation projects that just don't really seem to be working. And, Bradley's shooting 28% and 36% or 20% from three 36% from the field like it, it doesn't get it done and he goes and he's like there's been times where he's finishing games he's uh coming in in the middle of like a great offensive stretch and just killing the momentum and uh you know to a lesser extent we're seeing the same thing with John Wall and I really just wish like Silas would put because i mean we're what what are we what are we playing for here really like what are what are we like trying to do in each game Like, are we really trying to win because
2: the way yeah from their perspective yeah they are
3: and that that's the hard part is is from our perspective they're not right from our perspective we're sitting here thinking they should tank all of this but from their perspective they legitimately are trying to win every single game
1: but the thing is is sometimes some of the rotations i look at it and i'm like well that that changes why you lost. Like you know, there was a few games ago where uh, Kevin Porter was going off. Just a fourth quarter, we were down by like fifteen, and he was pulling us back into the game. And it, it was the ball was in his hands. He was running the show. It was his momentum that we were riding. And you sub John Wall in there, and you know, I understand that he's John Wall and he's the leader of the team, and he's your uh, so-called all-star and vet, but like we, so- we saw in uh, previous years with Harden, it, it what was at the 2015 uh, against the Clippers where the that team went on a tear with Josh Smith and Corey Brewer and Jason Tarion. And Harden didn't touch the court until that run was over, until we realized, okay, the momentum with that run is done. And I kind of – I hope Silas kind of realizes that. You can trust these younger guys, especially KPJ and KJ, who you want to take over the reins anyway. If they're the reason why you're getting back in a game, let them keep taking the reins and tell John, like, hey, tonight you might not check back in, and that's just tonight. Tomorrow you might play 40 minutes, and that's how it might go because he's no longer – as much as it pains for me to say, and it might hurt him to hear John Wall's not the number one guy on this team anymore. And he's not the priority for this team. Offensively, the priority is getting KPJ along, getting him comfortable, getting Christian wood comfortable. Uh, it's for John wall. It's where do you fit here and how can you help these guys reach your potential? Cause that's your role. Now your role is not to carry a team anymore.
3: Well, I agree. I, I, yeah. I go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of it kind of compares to, um, I mean, this is this it, it's different ages, different circumstances. But uh, when uh, Kobe was uh, in his last year or two with D'Angelo Russell on the team, and everyone was saying, "Oh, Kobe's shooting too much. Kobe's Kobe's playing too much. They need to let the young guys play." And the other argument was, "Well, I mean, they're going to learn by watching him too." And John Wall's not, you know, shooting on that level of volume. I feel like he's, he's doing enough to try to help the team. I mean, he's not going to be efficient because he's shooting so many of those fadeaways. But
3: I was about to say, the, the 28 shots against the Pacers would disagree with you, Chris. It's,
1: yeah. It's, I, it's I, I, very high volume.
2: I, well, I mean, Kevin Porter, I feel like, is getting his shots, too. I, I, I mean, it's, he's got he's to learn from Wall, too.
3: I see that and I, and I completely understand. It. I think actually there, there's going to be like, I think there's going to be some hard conversations had this off season. And I think that yeah. it's a little bit harder mid-season, all of this change, everything that they're dealing with on the fly, the 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 multiple stretches every other week, playing five games, seven nights. Like there's just no time for anything. Like there's, there's not even time to practice, let alone to have like a sit down, big heart-to-heart conversation with the guy who is supposedly – your new franchise guy or who believes himself to be your franchise guy in John wall. So I think those are going to be the conversations that are had this off season. Like, Hey, how do you see yourself fitting in here? Can you be the, the locker room leader, the mentor voice that we need for this gr- group of young guys? Or do we need to find a trade partner for you? Like, are are you going to be unhappy here? Are you going to be one of the guys who don't want to be here at the start of next season if we're not competing for a chip? Like, what? Like, where's your mentality at? And I think those are going to be the conversations that they have this offseason. Stone, Silas, John Wall, they're going to figure that out this offseason and kind of try and pinpoint exactly what his role can be for this squad moving forward. But I want to get to this hypothetical that I have for you guys, as well as we've got a couple other topics to hit on. uh, And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. So head over to the website and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON. That's L O C K E D O N to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first de- deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. You can get more analysis on the top prospects in this year's NBA draft with our new Locked on NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and more, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked on NBA Draft wherever you listen to your podcasts. So continue our conversation with Nima, Dell, and Chris. Now, guys, here's my hypothetical for you. I've got a couple more topics after this one, but I want to kind of gauge thoughts on this this hypothetical. If, for whatever reason, the Rockets were offered a top pick in this year's draft, let's pretend for a moment they lose their pick. The worst thing happens in the world, pick falls five or lower, OKC takes the Rockets pick. Now, let's say there's another team, like the Raptors or, I don't know, the Wizards maybe, somebody who jumps into the top Three top four, maybe. And they're thinking, you know what? Christian Wood is that exact. He's that missing piece that we need. Would you trade Christian Wood for a top pick in this year's draft? No other compensation. Just a top pick in this year's draft. Yes or no? What pick, what pick does it for you? What pick doesn't do it for you? Nima, why don't you start us off?
1: Uh yeah. So I talked about this on my podcast recently with, uh, Harley from the lead. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade Christian Wood this year whatsoever. Um, I would give it another year. I think the rebuild is kind of built around him. If we don't get a top five pick, we likely will have three picks in the top, in the 20 to 30 range, which I think is perfectly fine. I think that gives you a chance to get a guy like Josh Giddy, who I'm really high on, um, who is kind of like that 6'8", you know, guard that everybody wants, and Cade Cunningham. I wouldn't do it for the second pick, the third pick, the fourth pick, or the fifth pick. I think all of those are just, you know, way too – there's way too much up in the air. And then for Cade Cunningham, who I would assume is the first pick, it's it's very tough because – Either you, you trade a guy who is on a great contract, who your entire rebuild, the way you set up your contracts, the way you set up your cap, and even the draft picks you got is built around when this guy expires, along with when John Wall expires. Um, but then you also, you know, kind of get the guy that you were tanking for in the first place. Um accidentally I, I,
3: tanking for. I accidentally. Yeah.
1: Uh, organically. Organically tanking. <laughs> that's the one. That's
3: that's the buzzword I've been using all season. Organically tanking. Yeah. I love it.
1: <laughs> um and so I don't think I would do it for just the one pick. I think Christian Wood like obviously is a little bit more established. We've seen guys who were supposed to be established one pick, number one overall picks fail. Especially, like, we saw it with uh, Andrew Wiggins, who was supposed to be the next LeBron James. And that's not to say that Andrew Wiggins is a bad NBA player, but he's not the next LeBron James by any means whatsoever. Um, And so, you know, Kate Cunningham could come and be the next Luka Doncic, or he could come and be, you know, the next Kyle Anderson.
3: And so... (laughs) That's that's a range, man. That's a a wild (laughs) range. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's a little too far down.
1: But like what I'm saying is, you know, you you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Yes, he killed in college, but we've seen so many guys who have gone into the college game and done amazing. And then the NBA pace, the NBA physicality and all that, it just it overwhelms them. And they're just not nearly as good as you thought they would be. Okay, so
3: so Christian Wood is is largely untouchable to you. I
1: I, I would say if I were to get the number one pick, I want I want something that is a little bit more substantial as well. Like give me the number one pick and like the guy you drafted two years ago who's in your rotation or something like that.
3: Okay. All right, I can see that. Okay, I like that. Dell, what about you, man? Um, so to Nima's
0: point, I actually wanna like throw in two examples from the exact same team. Um, the Golden State Warriors, right? They have Andrew Wiggins, and they also have James Wiseman, who got hurt this year and is out for the rest of the season. So if you trade Christian Wood for, say, a Cade Cunningham, and he turns out to have a mildly serviceable career like Andrew Wiggins, that's going to be kind of a disappointment because you're trading a 20-10, and essentially a 20-15 guy for a rookie that's living up to the hype. Or if you trade for a pick that gets Evan Mobley, and he kind of has like a down season compared to expectations and then gets hurt for the rest of the year like James Wiseman did, then people are also going to look at you and be like, wasn't a good trade. So I just don't think it's worth it, especially considering the Rockets actually own their pick next year. And if they end up in this catastrophic scenario, they'll just be picking at the top of the lottery again. Just keep your guy that's really good right now and play it out and see what happens because trading him for one pick in this NBA when Drew Holiday got like four picks and a couple of swaps, this doesn't make sense to me.
3: Okay. Okay. And also the disrespect to, to Sir Maple Jordan is ridiculous. I'm just <laughs> going to throw it out there. Cause one, I like, I get it. It's, it's Wiggins and he's kind of a meme, but like that's also one of the greatest nicknames like of all time. Um, at least oh. it's a, it's a stupid nickname, but it's amazing at the same time. Uh, Chris, what about you?
2: Um, Yeah, I I generally agree. I just think it depends how high you are on Cade Cunningham. I mean, there are some people who think he is that legit, like he's LeBron level, James Harden level, um, eventually at least. Um, But in general, I would say, yeah, keep the the known asset. Um, You know that Christian Wood is going to be good um, and – you know, if it's if it's like the third or fourth pick, you know, you don't you you really have no idea if that guy's gonna be that good.
3: Okay. To 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 play devil's advocate here a little bit, because this is something we've talked about, you know, intermittently, is you know, Christian Wood and and whether or not he buys into this organization, right? He's got two more two more years under contract as a Houston Rocket. And if this organization doesn't do something. To prove that they are on the right track, the right path, if they're not competitive by the final year of his contract. So they've got one more year where they could essentially, I don't want to say punt, but they could have another down year next season, especially because they do control their draft pick. But if they're not on the upswing, and I mean, it's got to be convincing upswing if, if they've if they've sucked two years in a row and then they come back that third year. It, there's got to be a convincing reason for Christian Wood to want to re-sign on a long-term deal here in Houston. So playing devil's advocate, if you did trade Christian Wood for a top prospect, you extend your window. You kind of reset the window, you extend the window, and you potentially have a greater ceiling if that prospect pans out and turns out to be turns out to have a higher ceiling than what we've seen out of Christian Wood. Now I I will say again, Christian Wood has shown himself. We don't even know what his ceiling is. It could be even higher than what it is. We've seen kind of what his floor is, which is in my opinion, he's probably the, you know, at least a a third option on a contender, right? A great two way big, somebody who was showing strides defensively before the injury really took its toll on him, kind of robbed him of some of his explosiveness. So, I think there, I agree with y'all that I'm usually a guy who, who prefers the known quantity versus the unknown. So I know that there's a little bit of like risk aversion there sort of, um, but it's an interesting hypothetical nonetheless, which brings us to our final topic. Um, we did have a, a final topic that I told you all about, but we're running a little bit out of time. So we're going to come to this other final topic. We'll save the other one for another show. Um, I want to know from each one of you guys, because I, I, I hope these answers are going to vary. It'll be interesting whether or not they vary or they all come down to the same guy, but, who has been your favorite Rocket this season and why? And we'll start with you, Dell.
0: My favorite Rocket this season
3: is Jay Sean Tate.
0: Uh,
3: respect and- from, from the president of the Jay Sean Tate fan club. Much respect.
0: Yeah, man. He's, he's literally the best player on this team statistically. Like, he's the most consistent. And he's also just so fun to watch play basketball, like, you know, just defensively, offensively. He's amazing. And also he has like the most adorable face with an incredibly deep voice. And I that's <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah, Deshaun Tate,
3: he's the guy. Okay. I love it. Nima, what about you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say Tate, I'm going to go a little bit against the grain. I'm going to say KJ Martin. Uh, I, I absolutely love him. He's, he's given some, some amazing moments, uh, you know, the climb Bobon mountain and then all the other seven footers he's, he's taken, but he's a human uh, highlight reel for sure. I, I think, and I've, I've put in the argument a couple of times that, you know, there's a chance that his ceiling is higher than Kevin Porter's. Um, his, his dad, who was a number one overall pick, has come out, you know, multiple times and said that he is more athletic than I am. He is more skilled than I am. He's a better basketball player than I am. <laughs> uh, that's that's pre- I mean, his dad was an all star. Uh, and so that's 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 good, especially for like a, fi- a 50 second pick. Uh, he was the, one of the younger guys in the draft. I think he's either the youngest or the second youngest guy in the draft. Um, I think Poku was the youngest. And so I, I've loved him. I think that he has great potential. Um, I, I want him to finish in transition more. I think that Silas can use him more in the offense and just you throw him in the fire a little bit, let him get comfortable because he has shown to get more and more comfortable more and more every single game. So put him in positions where he's uncomfortable. And I think, um, I saw it earlier. I don't know. I don't remember who uh, said it, but or who quoted it. But it was Silas saying that in the offseason, he wants to work with K.J. more on working with the ball and becoming a better passer. And I think that's exactly what he needs. I think he can become that point forward role. Uh, and, you know, Silas loves his optionality offensively. And I think K.J.
3: can end up being a really good member of
1: the team long term. I've loved him so much this year.
3: Okay. I love it. So we've got, we've got one vote for Sean Tate, one vote for KJ Martin. And just as a quick sidebar, how dope would it be if the Rockets managed to swindle their way to two like starting caliber or like high ceiling esque you know, potential type players in Kevin Porter jr. And KJ Martin uh, guys who were, you know, essentially the the cost for them, right. was nothing but a late second rounder. So that would be amazing. Uh, But Chris, you got to wrap us up, man. Where are you going with this? Who, who, who is getting your praise right now?
2: You know, I'm, I'm glad you came to me last. Cause I, I had to think like, he's going to, he's going to say
3: Harden watch. He's yeah. going to say Harden. He's going to be like watching those nine games in Houston was just the highlight of my season. It's been a dumpster fire since then. This team sucks. I hate it. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, up until, no, last, I, week, I,
0: up I until mean, last week James Harden was still in the most used lineup that the Rockets have had. This year. Yeah.
2: That's impressive man. <laughs> no,
0: I, so I, I was thinking, do I, do
2: I go with Christian Wood, Jay Tate but I'm going to, I'm going to say Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I, I just really enjoy watching his game. I know he's not making a lot of his shots yet, but I, you can tell that, I mean, the confidence that he shoots with, you know those are going to go in at some point. And, of course, his finishing is second to none um, in the paint. Like, And the his passing ability is, is getting so much better. He's had double-digit assist games recently. I, I, I mean – it's, it's just incredible, you know, that he, that he can't that we got him for nothing. And, um, I, I love that the Rockets still have John Lucas on the staff. Cause I, I think, you know, if I, I feel like if, if they hadn't managed to retain him, then I don't know how well Kevin Porter would work out, but he seems like, um, a great kid who's ready to, uh, put, um, you know, all that other stuff behind him and, and uh, accept a larger role and, and be, uh, you know, not, not necessarily a leader yet. He's still very young, but um, uh, one of the, one of the better players on, on uh, obviously not a good team now, but hopefully a good team soon.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Chris, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. The only reason that I haven't copped a uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Jersey yet is because I don't know if he's actually going to stay at number three, right? There's that potential where if something were to happen with Daniel House Jr., maybe KPJ goes back to rocking number four in a Rockets jersey. So that's the only reason that I haven't picked up a Kevin Porter Jr. Jersey yet. Um, also, because I don't want to like order it off DH gate and have another like Orchids jersey, like, fiasco like like Taylor Tate <laughs> did um can't I, have I that happen again
1: i also uh, hope for a nicer city jersey next season
3: hey what the, what is this slander towards this oh slander? i love no the, the city jersey <laughs> All right, so Nima, like, are you are you you're out on the city jerseys, right? You don't I'm like them.
1: I'm not out,
3: but I think that the fact that they haven't done like a rendition
1: of the the dark blue jerseys yet, and they're doing this like jersey, it, it was kind of ridiculous. All right, how
3: do I hang up on Nima? How do I hang up on? <laughs> no, this is, all right, no, okay, well, Chris, how do you? Well, I'll tell you what, Dell, how do you feel about the city jerseys? So I think
0: because Nima is Gen Z. He has no connection to the Houston Oilers.
1: So I, don't, I don't. That's true. That's true. I don't have a connection to the Oilers, but I understand the colors. And, you know, like, I understand that people love them, but I don't know. Come I, on, honestly, man. I love you, it, blue. It, Act like you weather. know the city. I, I understand. Yeah. In, in, in Toyota Center, though, that light blue with those
3: red seats just looks horrible. Okay. All right. So we know you don't like Chris. What do you, how do you feel about it? <laughs>
2: I, I really think they're cool. I've I've been wanting to get the the uh, the jacket that everyone has with the buttons. Jacket. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skyline on the back, that looks dope. But um the the uniforms, I I, I mean <clears throat> I, I I personally really liked the city jersey a few years ago with the Chinese characters. I know those weren't popular. Um but I, I, I feel like the Rockets have had a lot of good uniforms. They've had some bad ones, like the gray sleeve jerseys. Those were just the worst. Um, uh, but I, I, I think they've been getting it right recently with the, the ketchup and mustard throwbacks they had for a while. And now with these blue jerseys, I think they're looking pretty good. And it'll it be exciting
3: paid. to see. Go, yeah, go ahead, Nima. What's up? Is
1: it safe for me to say I want the ketchup and mustard back at least? Yes.
3: All right, Yeah. you, go. you you've, heard, you've redeemed oh, yourself a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> um but uh guys i really appreciate y'all taking the time to be here today except for you nima since you're slandering the the light blue jerseys no um I, i'll be honest it, it, they it, i i looked at them at first and i was like blue really and then they really grew on me and now i'm a big fan of them so it took me a little while but i i came around to them and now i really enjoy them i think they're unique um it's a nice change of pace for the rockets but guys really appreciate y'all taking the time to be here for this edition of fan talk friday so we'll go down the line we'll go nema then chris then dell why don't you let everybody know where to track you down at so nema start us off uh yeah you can
1: find me on twitter at finding nema 23 like finding nemo uh and then you can also find my podcast at gen z rockets uh just talking about the Rockets. Most of the time, I do a lot of data projects on my main, uh, main profile. So you can find a lot of like basketball data and, uh, statistical stuff over there, but
3: awesome. Chris.
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at CJA one zero two nine zero. Um, I do tweet a lot about the Rockets and the Astros. Um, I, and, uh, I, I I don't I don't get too deep into the statistics. I'll retweet them every now and then, but um, I enjoy just kind of watching the games and getting into the emotion of it. And uh, yeah, it's fun to to follow along on Twitter as well.
3: Talk about a spectrum. We've got Nemo, who's like all analytics, and we've got Chris, who's just very feel of the game. So this is a nice mm-hmm. little nice little spectrum we've got here. Dell, what about you? Where can people track you down at?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Twitter, Del, PW double E T E R D E L. um and then twitch and twitter at rocket powered squid so you know that's pretty much it i'm a mix of i guess analytics and feel of the game since i live tweet the games i'm just like going off of what i see and yelling usually so. (laughs) so you're in for that if you follow me on twitter
3: Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Well, really appreciate y'all stopping by today. I had a really fun time with this episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our edition of Fan Talk Friday this week. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.